Little honey bees flying around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown. Bring it to Tennessee farm table, butter beans, peas, beets and chard, chickens running in the yard, catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee Farm Table. Good morning and welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table, a show dedicated to the people of our community who produce, preserve, and prepare our regional foods. This is your hostess, Amy Campbell. That cute little theme song you just heard was performed and arranged by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She's gotten to be very popular, and she's even sung on the Grand Old Opry. We're really proud of this young woman, and even more proud to say that she's from Monroe County, Tennessee. Well, here we are again. If we're fortunate enough, we're looking at the Thanksgiving meal being 12 days away from today. So this morning, we're setting the table with turkey. Our first guest is Rachel McCormick with a great recipe for brined turkey and a way to cook it that is always juicy and delicious. Now here's a new tidbit for our show. It's a new segment from Fred Sossman from a series he's calling Potluck Radio. And we're going to hear his segment today about Tennessee turkey herding from Hancock County, Tennessee. And I've got a bunch of acquired turkey selecting, preparing, and cooking information to share with you today. And if you're listening on the radio, we've got some Bill Monroe gospel music. So that's our show for the day. We thank you for joining us here today at our table and appreciate your good company. Now let's get started. We first visit with Rachel McCormick, and she's going to walk us through how she makes an always juicy and delicious turkey for her family. I've written the recipe along with turkey tips on the topic of selecting, preparing, thawing, brining, and cooking your turkey on my website, TennesseeFarmTable.com, and uh, just look for the link that says listen to the show. Rachel McCormick is a very busy mother of two and a talented cook and a former resident of Knoxville. Some of you might know her father, Rick Brooks, who's a talented photographer here in Knoxville. And uh, he's the one who told me about Rachel and her recipe. Now, let's join Rachel. Today we're talking to Rachel McCormick. Thanks so much for letting me come to your house. Oh, no problem at all. Great to have you. I was um, talking and asking about turkey, Mm -hmm. and your dad piped up and said, oh, you got to talk to my daughter. Yes. So (laughs) your dad, Rick Brooks, I met him at some event, um, really brags on it. So you must have some kind of good recipe. I have a very good recipe. It's very easy. Um... I got asked to do Thanksgiving, about first or second year that we were here, and I went, well, I've got to make this fantastic turkey, you know, what do I need to do? And so I searched through all my cookbooks, I went online, and the one that sounded the most easy, both easy and also just good was Alton Brown's brining recipe. And... So I looked at that and I said, well, but it doesn't do anything to the skin. And so then I looked some more and I found Martha Stewart's 
Um, it, she had a very elaborate recipe, but there was one little part where she said, if you take cheesecloth, white wine, butter, and herb de Provence, that you drape it over that, you don't have to touch the turkey after that. It's, it sounds kind of fuss-free a little bit. It so. is extremely fuss-free. <laughs> other, other than getting the, the turkey in and out of your container out of the brining process, that's, that's the, it's extremely fuss-free. So. Wow. So you combine two recipes to mm -hmm. come up with your super recipe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I call East Tennessee ingenuity right there. Tell me about your brining process. Well, the, the whole point of brining is that when, when if you don't brine something, like a, a turkey or chicken, um, muscle fibers will have a moisture in them already. But when you cook them, some of that moisture is going to leak out. And so that that's why it tends to lead to a dry you know, breast meat or something along those lines. Yeah. However, when you brine it, you're essentially putting more moisture into that muscle fiber through using salts and sugars usually, and then you add other things as well if you want to add spices or herbs. And it, those muscle fibers leach onto that um, moisture, and then when you cook it, moisture does leak out, but then more moisture is still in there, so it stays moist. Wow. So That makes such sense. Mm -hmm. Well, and so that's why your dad says always moist, always I the turkey's have, good. I've never had a problem with it. I've done it every, you know, eight years now, and I've never had a problem. So oh, good. So how do you make your brine? What goes in it? Uh, it usually has a cup of kosher salt, a half a cup of light brown sugar, a gallon of vegetable stock. Um, a tablespoon of black peppercorns, a half tablespoon of allspice berries, a half a tablespoon of candy ginger, and a gallon of ice water. Okay. And I usually get my spices from Three Rivers Market because I don't want to pay $15 for a jar I'm only going to use once a year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, I this year I spent about $4 on my spices, so... Oh, woman after my own heart. <laughs> yeah, thrifty. I mean, we got to save money. Mm -hmm, yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. And you just, uh, everything but the ice water you put in a stock pot and just cook it until everything dissolves, other than the peppercorns and the uh, allspice and the uh, ginger, and then you let it cool. And then you, I get a, I bought a paint bucket when you're at Lowe's. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, we, that's only for the turkey <laughs> and, um, and then you put the, your turkey in there and you pour all the brine and the water on top and if you're like me and your refrigerator is not going to hold a five gallon bucket um, we put uh, cling wrap and then um, uh, aluminum foil and then we put it in the car overnight oh yeah <laughs> so for the cold car in the cold car <laughs> so. <laughs> well so do, when you put that brine all together, do you have to make it come to a boil or just kind of... Just boil? until it dissolves. Oh, okay. Yeah, until the uh, sugar and the salt dissolve. Okay. So. Do you have to cool it completely before... You want to at least cool it to room temperature because okay. that ice water, I usually will take a... Um, I'll put a gallon of water in the refrigerator and then I'll put some ice cubes in it uh, when I put the turkey in it so that everything stays cool. But with mm -hmm. the salt in there, it usually, those ice cubes kind of keep everything cool as well. So. Oh, good. And then you, I usually brine it between six to eight hours. We usually have lunch, and so I'll make, I'll put the turkey in uh, the bucket around 10, 30, 11 at night. So, wow. and then you just leave it alone. The recipe says that you have to turn the turkey. I've never had a problem with it. Oh, good to know. Yeah. Boy, that'd be messy. It is a bit messy. <laughs> that, that is probably the messiest part, is getting the turkey out of the bucket and into your sink. <laughs>
<laughs> I bet. So, I bet it's a lot of uh, kind of being on best behavior when talking to your spousal unit. I usually do at the. <laughs> <laughs> I usually will uh, manage to lift the bucket up to the sink and pour out a lot of the stock and then take the turkey out so, and rinse it off and dry it. So Oh, okay. So you, do you like rinse the... So I guess the cavity is empty when yeah, you're soaking it. Yeah, the cavity is completely empty. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then when you take it out, you're going to rinse everything off because they'll have some residue from the, the berries. Or if you've got, if you make homemade stock, it might have some vegetable uh, particles on it. So you just rinse it off and then you pat it dry. Okay. So, and it will turn this very light blue color Ooh. so that you're doing it right. Oh, good. <laughs> so, good to know. Yeah. <laughs> if it turns any other color, you did something wrong. <laughs> so. That's a good tidbit. Yeah. <laughs> If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table, and we're talking about how to brine and cook a turkey with Rachel McCormick. After the break, we'll return to Rachel and finish cooking this turkey. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table is brought to you in part by Magpie's Bakery in downtown North Knoxville, just one block off Broadway on North Central Street. Fall is for weddings, and Magpie's couldn't be prouder to be featured in the latest issue of Martha Stewart Weddings. And the holidays are coming! The Magpie Holiday Menu is now available on the website, including the apple stack cake made with organic dried apples. Peggy and her crew are taking orders now for weddings for most budgets and the upcoming holidays. Details and ordering information at magpiescakes.com. Since 1992, Magpie's Cakes. All butter, all the time. Let's return now to our guest, Rachel McCormick, and finish cooking this turkey off. Coming up, we've got a news story from Fred Sausman of Johnson City about turkey herding in the old days in Hancock County, Tennessee. So, okay, you've, you've done your turkey. Your turkey's been brined. And then... And what next? And then you're going to um, probably want to trust the turkey where you tie it up to make sure the, the legs and the wings aren't flying out. <laughs> Alton Brown has an excellent uh, video online that you can use, and he uses purple strings so it's easy to see. Oh, that's a great idea. Um, and then you want to put the aromatics in, which is an X, and this isn't hard at all. It's a one red apple cut into you know half or quarters, uh, half an onion, a cinnamon stick, and then a cup of water, and you put all of that together in a microwave for about five minutes, and then you stuff it in there. Okay. Um, just to kind of get it within those aromatics. So. Oh, and put that there in the cavity. In the cavity. So Cool, and you don't put a bunch of butter in there and all that mess? Mm-hmm. Nope. The butter is on that cheesecloth and white wine and herb de Provence. So. so you got your aromatics in that cavity. Tell me about that cheesecloth thing again. How do you do that? I just go get a, a bag of cheesecloth. I find it at Kroger, you know, wherever. It's usually in the um, kitchen instrument section. Um, I cut off enough to cover the turkey. You don't have to fold it up. It's just one single layer. You melt the butter. It's um, half a stick of butter, a cup of white wine, and a couple of pinches of herbe de Provence. And 
you get that all melted together and then you put it in, uh, soak the cheesecloth in it for a minute or two and then you drape it over the turkey. That white wine part, what kind of wine do you use? You need to use a very dry white wine. Um, if you don't use a, a dry white wine, we found this out the hard way, use a sweet wine, it will burn the skin. The turkey is still fine, but it, it is very dark. Um, so you need to be very careful about that. That's hilarious. I'm glad to know. Yes. <laughs> that sounds so easy. It's extremely easy. And then um, in order to cook it, you turn up your oven to 500 degrees and you roast it for 30 minutes and then you turn it down to 350 and you let it set till in there until it's done. I've got um, a, I think it's a Pyrex meat thermometer, digital meat thermometer that you put in there and it um, will tell you exactly how cold it is or how warm it is and I just wait till it gets to 160. Oh, okay. So. When it's at 160. In the breast. Yeah. In, in the breast. Mm -hmm. So you stick that meat thermometer and it says 160. So do you pull it out of the oven? Or yeah. yeah. It, Once it hits 160 on my meat thermometer, I usually will pull it out of the oven. Um, and then I just cover it with, I take the cheesecloth off and cover it with foil. So right. usually by then it takes me about half an hour to get to my parents' house. <laughs> <laughs> but even then it's still warm, it's still juicy and oh, it's great. So. And just kind of been resting and ready it's to been ready. Mm -hmm. So what size turkey do you usually cook? We usually have a lot of people this year. We did a 24-pound turkey. My goodness, that's <laughs> so big. It's a very large bird. But um, it that brine will do a small bird to a huge bird like that. Okay. So. For ballpark, about how long does a big 24-pound turkey take to cook? Uh, it took about four hours. Okay. So. That's, hey. What's your opinion? Fresh turkey, frozen. What do you go for? I've had a frozen every year just because, once again, it's cheaper. Yeah. I mean, if you can, um, you need, I think it's, for every pound, you need, I think it's six hours to defrost. I'm not, don't mm -hmm. quote me on that. Uh -huh. um, I know my turkey took about six days to defrost. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good to know way ahead of time. Yeah, so if you do get a frozen turkey and you get a really big turkey, you need at least a week to defrost it. I see. Um, and, and for family getting in and out of the refrigerator, don't you dare mess with that turkey. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, goodness gracious, Rachel McCormick. Yes. Thank you so much for being Oh, no problem. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. No well, problem at all. I just wanted to find out a little more about Rachel and how she got so into cooking. And here's what she said. So how'd you get so into cooking? Um, actually, my mother required us to cook a meal once a week when we were young. Um, as uh, when we, I guess I was about eight or nine. Um, first, it was you had to come help me make a meal, and she'd have us read the recipe to her, and we or you know we chop something up, something that was easy for you know little kids to do. And then as we got older, it progressively got harder and harder to do. You know, now you have to pick a recipe for us to have this week, and then it was okay, well, now you have to pick a recipe and make it yourself. And then when we got old enough to drive, it was, you now have $5, you have to make a meal for four, or you have $20, make a meal for four. And her only other requirement was it can't be the same thing each week. So I was a little more adventurous in my uh, cuisine. So I like to make fried rice and, you know, ask what my mom would make. And um, I do lasagnas and you know, whatever the cook, you know, I'd look through cookbooks or online and 
Whereas my brother was, we'd have pizza one week, we'd have spaghetti the next. <laughs> if you've just joined us, you've been listening to Rachel McCormick and her recipe on how to brine and cook an always juicy turkey. The recipe and tips for cooking turkey can be found at TennesseeFarmTable.com under the link that says listen to the show. My friend Fred Sossman in Johnson City has a new project called Potluck Radio, and we're going to hear his two-minute productions from time to time here on the Tennessee Farm Table. And uh, right now, let's hear the latest one he's done on Tennessee turkey herding in the old days in Hancock County, Tennessee. This is Potluck Radio. I'm Fred Sossman. We don't think much nowadays about how turkeys get from farm to market to oven. But from around 1884 to 1920, in rural, mountainous Hancock County, Tennessee, it was quite an undertaking. Imagine moving hundreds of turkeys 35 miles over rugged land and rough water. Imagine keeping track of which turkeys are yours and which belong to your neighbor. Imagine what happens at evening roosting time when the turkeys take control and head for the trees. Imagine your disappointment when, at the end of that long turkey trek, you don't get the price you'd hoped the birds would bring. Scott Collins of Sneedville isn't old enough to remember the legendary turkey drives of his home county, but he has studied the strange practice as much as anyone. On his office wall is a photograph taken, he thinks, around 1912. It depicts dozens of turkeys on the grounds of the Hancock County Courthouse. And they would drive these turkeys to Morristown and to Rogersville. They'd put those few turkeys up on that raft and pull them to the other side. So this went on until they got them all on the other side of the river. And I thought about that a lot. What a, what a task that must have been. Scott says the turkey herders were totally at the mercy of the buyers in Morristown and Rogersville. Sometimes the farmers got the price they expected, oftentimes they did not. That was their way of life, of actually making some money for, to feed their families. The people in this area had it tough. Improved transportation and probably accumulated fatigue ended the turkey drives. Scott Collins says people today have a hard time believing the drives ever occurred, but they did, and that photograph in front of the Hancock County Courthouse in Tennessee is proof. For Potluck Radio, I'm Fred Sausman. This is Matt Gallagher of Knox Mason, and you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table on WDVX. Here are tips for selecting, preparing, and cooking your turkey. On selecting a turkey, figure on one to one and a half pounds of turkey per person. If you're expecting a crowd, say over 12 people, instead of buying a huge turkey, consider buying two smaller turkeys. The larger turkeys, say 12 to 15 pounds or over, can cook unevenly and possibly leaving you with very dry outer meat. They can be really heavy and more difficult to manage. And the smaller size birds are more likely to be in stock and available with the heritage and organic varieties in smaller sizes. So just something to think of. And fresh or frozen, if you're planning on using a frozen turkey, be sure to allow ample time to thaw that thing out. 
and there are two different ways that are safe to thaw out the bird, refrigerator or cold water thawing. The good thing about using a refrigerator is that it's much more easy, but it takes more time. And to thaw a turkey in ice water, you've got to constantly change the water every 30 minutes. Uh, thawing a bird on a counter is just not a good idea because of the uneven temperatures in the bird and the invitation to bacterial growth. So for thawing in the refrigerator, here are the directions for that. Thaw breast side up in an unopened wrapper on a tray in the refrigerator. And be sure your fridge temp is 40 degrees Fahrenheit or below. And at least allow one day of thawing for every four pounds of turkey. And need to be sure to use that within four days of thawing. For thawing your turkey in cold water, thaw breast side down in an unopened wrapper with enough cold water to cover your turkey completely and you'll want to change that water every 30 minutes and if a turkey can't be completely covered rotate every 30 minutes to keep that turkey chilled and you want to estimate a minimum thawing time of 30 minutes per pound of turkey in the water brining here are the directions for brining and some tidbits about that brining the turkey will make it more juicy and the primary reason to brine the turkey is to ensure the meat's moist as opposed to imparting flavor. So here are the steps to brining. First off, <laughs> be sure the container you're going to brine your turkey in will fit in your refrigerator. And uh, use a fresh or completely thawed turkey. And the night before roasting, remove the giblets and turkey neck, rinse the turkey inside out, and prepare your brine and be sure to mix the ingredients till all the salt is dissolved. If your brine is heated, be sure to cool it to room temperature before brining. So once you got that brine ready and all that salt dissolved, you place the turkey breast side down in a large container, uh, food grade plastic or stainless steel or glass, or even those brining bags. And you then add the brine and cover that turkey entirely and place in the refrigerator to let it brine and do its thing. And as a rule of thumb for timing, you should brine your turkey 45 to 60 minutes per pound of turkey. And then remove the turkey from the brine. After the allotted time, rinse and pat dry with paper towels, and then you cook it. And here's some tidbits on cooking. For an unstuffed bird, it takes roughly 15 minutes per pound to cook. If you want to cook a frozen turkey, you can do that, but it will take at least 50% longer than the recommended times. And this information is from the USDA and it's based on a 325 degree Fahrenheit oven and a fully defrosted or fresh bird. Now be sure to remove that pack of giblets from the cavity before cooking, especially if they wrap it in plastic. Natural roast, here's a neat thing that I'm going to try this year. Instead of a metal roasting rack, I've read where you can create a natural roasting rack with layering carrots and onions and celery at the bottom of the roasting pan and then that lifts your turkey off the base of the pan and gets more hot air circulation around the whole bird so it's supposed to get crispy all over and then those vegetables add a great flavor to that gravy. 
and how do you tell if your bird is done? Put a meat thermometer in the thickest part of the thigh, but be careful, don't let it hit that bone or it will give you an inaccurate reading. And when that thermometer reaches 165 degrees, that means the turkey is done. If you don't have a meat thermometer, pierce the thigh with the point of a sharp knife. And if the juices run clear, then the turkey is done. All this stuff I've put on my website, TennesseeFarmTable.com, under the link that says listen to the show. We want to say thank you so much for your great company here today on the Tennessee Farm Table. We hope that you can join us again right back here at 9 o'clock at WDVX.com or online at TennesseeFarmTable.com. Our theme song was written by myself, Amy Campbell, and beautifully performed by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. More information about Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. That's spelled T-H-E-E-M-I Sunshine.com. We want to say thank you to WDVX for bringing to you pure community broadcasting, just like this show. They are our media partner, and we couldn't do this without them. More information at WDVX.com. We'd love to invite you to connect with us on Twitter and Facebook at TennesseeFarmTable.com and check out our podcast. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.